What's going on, cool Christian nerd community? This is your host, your brother, from another mother but the same Heavenly Father, Jamie Centeno. This podcast will help you to be the smart one in what matters in any social gathering you're in while keeping your cool factor. Now, how's this going to go down? I thought I'd hit up some of the smartest, most experienced, most keeping it real people I know to talk about subjects they are prolific in and that matter. If you are a younger believer still working out how you are seeing the world and wondering how a person of faith should engage it, this is the podcast for you. I want to keep it brief but beefy with helpful info. Let's go. Today, we are going to be discussing, are you ready for it? Church Hurt. And with me, I have Alex Rivera. He is the pastor, founder of Journey Church. It's based out of Strasburg, PA. I love this dude. I love the way he's able to bring some relatable teaching that makes people laugh, gives an honest perspective, and when we have him, he's always a hit. And so I know he's going to be a blessing to you guys as you listen into our conversation. And if you want to learn more about him, you can just look at yourjourneychurch.com. That's www.yourjourneychurch.com. Check out this conversation. Well, here I am on the line with Alex Rivera. He's the lead pastor of Journey Church. Hey, man, welcome to Cool Christian Nerd Podcast. Hey, Pastor Jamie. It's good to be on here with you. Yeah, man. How does that feel being considered a cool Christian nerd? <laughs> hey, man, that's an honor. I'm, I'm glad you came up with a term that I can label myself. Right, right. It's not like you're a dork. You're a nerd. So that's a, that's a good thing, <laughs> I think. A student, a student of the church, man. That's what it is. That's good. I like it. That's what's up, man. Well, I want to talk to you about something today, but before that, let's just uh, get the people kind of acclimated to you. And uh, one of the ways we could do that, man, is just what do your Mondays look like after Sundays? Well, Monday is kind of a chill day slash work day. Um, the church office is closed, and I like to go in on Mondays on my own, uh, not too many distractions. Um, I wear... I wear workout clothes, but never go to the gym. I wear them because they're, <laughs> because they're comfortable. And what I do on Mondays is a little Monday morning quarterbacking. So I, mm-hmm. you know, think about what went on on the weekend, what things we can improve, and including my sermon. So I'll listen to the sermon and criticize myself. Um, that's it. That's what Mondays look like for me. That's what's up, man. And then you take another day of the week to kind of chillax and do some other things. Is that like Friday or what have you? Yeah, Friday is our is my, I call my family day or my Sabbath day. It's like the do nothing day. Like, don't call me, don't text me. <laughs> uh, we just mm-hmm. we really just shut it down. Uh, it works. It works better. I got four little ones, and Friday is the end of the school week for for most of them. So uh, it just works. To, it works good for my family. That's great. Everybody needs to figure out how it works for them. So. Sounds good, man. Well, today we got a kind of a hefty subject here we're going to talk about. We want to talk about church hurt. Man, before we get into that, I thought it'd be cool for you to quickly share with us, like, what's your church background? What, what has that been? What's that look like for you? Well, man, I came out of a real strong uh, Pentecostal 
holiness movement. So, you know, holiness was the message and uh, we were definitely charismatic in our expression. Uh, but, you know, we had, uh, there's some rules and regulations. Uh, so that's where I came out of. I thank God for my foundation. It helped to grow me and, and uh, build me in faith. Uh, but at the same time, I thank God for, uh, you know, for having, for where we are now. Let me just say that. <laughs> right, right. Come a long way. I get you. I hear the young one in the background. Yeah, <laughs> man, he's crying. I'm trying to get mom to come get him. Uh, but yeah, that's who I am. Yeah, got you. Now, one of the things I was going to say is going into this church hurt was um, I remember a time, I recall a time back when I was just serving in the ministry where I was just doing something for the ministry. I was working the multimedia and I got drilled <laughs> for something I was doing during the time from the pastor. Now, that was something that, man, just took me aback because it was real intense. You know, the things that he was letting me know that I was off in. And it was in the midst of the service. Uh, it wasn't like a lot of people saw it, but it was something that was direct towards me. And man, I remember I could have left or could have had the attitude that, man, I'm doing you a favor. <laughs> I don't need to be treated like this. And um, I'm not even getting paid for this. I'm doing this in my free time when I can be <laughs> in there like everybody else. You know, but that, that wasn't my attitude. My attitude was I adjusted. Uh, I did what I had to do to get it right. But later on, I wanted to make sure that I followed up and um, just shared how I felt about that experience with the pastor. And I just postured myself to learn how he leads so I don't take it personal um, if it isn't personal. And so my question to you, here in that scenario, is that a cool or uncool way of just handling something like that? Man, I think that's a cool way for handling a situation like that because you afford it an opportunity for that leader to learn something about themselves. So, you, you know, you, you didn't allow the fence to take root in the sense where, you know, you, like you said, you would have just bailed. But you said, right. no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work through this. And, but I'm also going to confront this person with respect, with honor. And I wanna, I'm going to try to make this right. And I think that so many times when we get offended, we don't give the person who offended us an opportunity to get better. I can't get better if you don't tell me what I did wrong or how what I did made you feel. And I, I also learned that sometimes we do things uh, as a leader, I've learned unconsciously like I might say something in a way that man it didn't come off right and I didn't know I said it like that and until mm -hmm. someone has you know enough love to to be patient with me and to say hey you did this you said this you know then I, I don't get those op I'm not afforded those opportunities to to make things better so I, I I love that approach to to dealing with those kind of offenses that come up right right so many people have different reactions but that's kind of how I did it or what have you, but I just knew that was the right thing to do for the sake of not only um, doing ministry together, but being in a relationship in a deeper way. So anyway, like, have you had any experiences where you've experienced hurt by people in the church? For sure, man. I'm like a church baby. So growing up in the church, like, 
I don't know anything but building church. And I think one thing you learn real mm-hmm. fast in church is there are always going to be offenses. Uh, I can remember right. uh, one in particular when I was a teenager, I was singing in the choir and uh, the choir director came to me one day and said, hey, you can't sing anymore. And I was like, wow, why not? And they said, well, because uh, the rule is you have to come to church on Tuesday nights for prayer if you're going to sing in the choir. And I couldn't sing, come to church on Tuesday nights because I was active in school sports. And I just remember my world being rocked like, man, I really want to come and be a part of the choir. This is actually feeding my soul. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, um, you know, I really want to play sports. So I remember that whole situation playing out. Later on, I found out there was more to the situation. You know, there was more, uh, that person had more feelings. It was more than just prayer on Tuesday nights. And I just remember like yeah. just being wrecked by that. Like, wow, like, why would you intentionally hurt me? Um, you know, why would you, why would you do something like that? And I, I would love to say that I had your reaction. I kind of didn't. I kind of had like, right. all right, um, forget y'all. <laughs> forget you. I don't right, need you. Right. I don't need that. And um, I, I took that approach for a while. And it wasn't until later that I finally, I don't know if got the gall or the gumption to finally go up to the person and say like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm confused by this. You hurt me. And, uh, and um, you know, we had the conversation. Here's the thing. We had the conversation, Pastor Jamie, and it didn't go well. <laughs> like I had the conversation with the person yeah. and they didn't like, they didn't like repent of their actions or nothing. It was, but the, I realized in that moment, the conversation wasn't about them. It was for me. You know, regardless to how they responded, yeah. I had to handle that in a healthy way. And once I was able to handle that in a healthy way, it's it's amazing how that offense will lose its grip on you. You know what I mean? When you just respond the way God wants you to respond. So that, that's a little example of something that I dealt with it with church hurt. Yeah, man. I mean, I think everybody has their story, whether their response to it was the right thing or not the right thing to it. It's something about when we get hurt by the church that I believe almost puts like earmuffs on you when you're actually at the church trying to receive still, trying to still press in, but you can't really hear because of the hurt. And how many people try to exist that way without realizing, man, until I remove this hurt or confront it or work through it, I'm going to continue to be frustrated by these earmuffs on my ears that don't allow me to receive what's being spoken. Yeah, now good. you're, you're on the other side of things as a pastor now, right? <laughs> so that was as a member and as a person, I mean, what are some of the main areas people are getting hurt by church from what you can tell on this side? Well, of things? well number one, let me, I forgot to say this earlier, but like, I like have a deep disdain for the term church hurt. <laughs> and I don't know if it's something okay. recent. Yeah. And I know it's a way of explaining it, but I, I you know, Bill Heibel says words create worlds. And I feel like the enemy just has oh, taken yeah. that term church hurt and he's like controlling the narrative. And the reality is right. like right. the church didn't hurt you. A person at church hurt you. It, it wasn't right. the church. Yeah. And the reason I say it's so important is, because I think that's one of the, the like you talked about earmuffs. I will also say it's earmuffs and it's also like blinders. 
because there's this, this, this blindness mm-hmm. that comes with deception and people start now seeing everybody in the church as an offender. And the truth was, it was an yeah. isolated situation. It was one person in the church who did something wrong to you. And now the entire body has to suffer at, you know, at, 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 at their actions. And so, I, you know, again, I understand the words and the terminology. It's easy for people to understand. But really, it's people hurt. Mm-hmm. It's people hurt. And I think it's coming, Pastor Jamie, because of silly offenses. And I think it, it's having mm-hmm. an impact, really, because... We don't know how to work through conflict. We, we yeah. have scripture. Yep. We have scripture. We even have a prayer. Jesus teaches us in prayer. He says, he says, and forgive us of our trespasses as we have forgiven those who have trespassed against us. So literally, <laughs> literally go. in the prayer, he's like giving us this outline for prayer. And he's saying, hey, listen, by the way, offenses are going to be a daily struggle for you. So in so every yeah. day when you pray, pray, pray this prayer. And, and, you know, I say that to say that I don't think our issue is offense as much as it is how we, we work through those conflicts. Matthew 18 talks about how we should deal with the brother who offends us. And, um, and this is something I'm kind of working through lately in my own life and ministry where it's like, man, I've got to really learn how to talk to people when offenses come up. I've got to really learn how to work through some of these challenging issues um, because I think the conversations are keeping us really, the lack of conversations are keeping us from growing past some of those hurts. That like, that to me is the biggest issue. I literally sat down with a couple this week where they were offended by me and I was offended by them. <laughs> and, and we, <laughs> we sat together and we talked and we prayed and we heard each other out and it was beautiful. When we left that conversation, it was like, wow, this didn't have to, to you, this didn't have to, to, to separate us. We can actually work through these things. So I know I got a little, <laughs> little rant there, but man, I just think if we learn how to talk yeah, right. to each other and we, we have so much biblical instruction on it, um, man, we can work through some of these things. As a pastor, I will say this that I feel people oftentimes in the church get hurt by not being seen or feeling uh, or being touched. So we. Yeah. Seen and being touched. And the moment they enter into a, a community of faith and they feel as if they've been forgotten or someone didn't attend to one of their needs right away, they assume that everyone has forgotten them. And if there's any area of church hurt that I am experiencing a lot, it's in that area right there where sometimes the expectations are too high. We expect too much from the church. We expect too much from church leaders. And um, when that happens, you're always going to be let down. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think there's this unspoken expectation. There's these standards that's put on the church, the people of God. And we're kind of working through things as well. And we actually need each other to get better. It's not like we're good without you. It's that as you come and you are yourself and you're growing in God and you're maybe bringing some of the good qualities that you have and you bring some of the humanity that you have, that we're both extending grace and being empowered by those things that you carry that we need. And so it is a, it is a together thing that, 
and how we're going to do this, not this thing that uh, we're separate from one another, expecting the other to give more than we're willing to give. So I get you, man. That's that's great. Yeah, that mutual exchange, I think, is what what, you know, what we need. And I think what you just said was we're all working through something. So mm-hmm. every leader is leading with a limp. And, sure. and, and, you know, and again, I think the other part to that is when, when people feel that, I think the enemy gets in on that. And instead of expressing what they feel, they oftentimes kind of, you know, isolate themselves and further distance themselves. And then the enemy just starts whispering, just lies, silly stuff in their ears. Yeah. So uh, not only are they keeping the, the, the truth of God's word out with those ear muffs, but there's also the enemy spreading these lies. And you start to believe those things and you start thinking, well, these people don't love me. And no, these people love you. They just don't know you. You've been so isolated. You've withdrawn yourself so far that people are assuming you want to have nothing to do with them. And I've seen that constant cycle happen, even in our local fellowship. And I just, I think we've just tried our best to tell people, listen, we're not perfect. We need to be, uh, you know, reminded of our imperfections time to time. Mm -hmm. And here's the other part is we want you to learn how to really rely on God um, um, and, and not put people in a place where where he belongs. Now, it's okay to need people and community is absolutely necessary in this walk with God, but make sure that you don't expect from people, uh, you know, something that only God can give you. I think that's so important. That's absolutely true, man. That's it. Yeah, you know, you think about the fact that when the offenses or the hurts happen from those at church, there there is a sense where it's compounded by, like you said, the enemy's whispers. It's it's we're not fighting merely against flesh and blood, but there's so much that the enemy wants to keep us from being united together and to mess with the, the flow of unity. And so that's a double decker that some people are not always prepared for when they mm. come into a church. They're not just coming into a show, social club. They're coming into like a war room. They're coming into a battlefield. Um, and so we don't want to get people too spooked out at the fact that there's warfare, but we just got to make them aware that there is warfare. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the ways he works that is through keeping us divided, you know, kingdom that um, that is divided cannot stand and will not conquer anything. And so that's a good word, man. It's something, again, you know, you work through, you, 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 we can read some of this stuff in scripture, and then you've got to flesh some of this stuff out. Yeah. And um, I think for, for me personally, for my wife and I, as we lead our church, these are things we've had to like read in scripture, <laughs> maybe hear in a seminar, um, but fleshing it out is the key to having some, some dominion and having some authority in that area. And we just we just feel we're just feeling it's so great to have this conversation because we feel like God is just turning some things for us as it pertains to this topic in and of itself. Yeah, great, man. So what is that like based on how people handle like a hurt that they receive by a person at the church? Um, what do you think it's revealing about their relationship with God or even their understanding of the Bible based on how they handle it? Well, I think it says a lot. I think it tells us uh, where our faith was placed. I, I would, I'm would. i going to go ahead and say this. 
I felt like for a long time at our, lo- our local church, and I'm going to speak from my local fellowship, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. people were falling in love with our church, but not necessarily falling in love with Jesus. Right. I hear you. And that is challenging because, you know, I understand, I, I believe that the church and commun- the community we experience in the church is so real, so authentic that the world is just craves it. So when they experience it, man, they're drawn in. And I think that that is awesome. But I also have come to know that it's really dangerous because you can really buy into what ha- what's happening at Journey or what's happening at In the Light and, and miss the God who's making it happen. Right. Uh, and when that happens, I think it, the clearest sign of that is when someone experiences an offense in the community they've fallen in love with. Yeah. And now they're forced to have to work through, reconcile through this, 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 uh, you know, this offense. And if they don't have a proper understanding of the word, if they don't have a, 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 a proper view of who God is, we'll see it in the way they respond. They're withdraw from the community or, um, you know, or they say, you know what, there's a biblical answer to this. There's, there is a prescription that we have according to scripture on how I'm supposed to handle this. And I'm going to go and I'm going to do it that way. So I have a problem with my brother instead of walking around the church and sharing it with everybody and seeing what kind of feedback I get, I'm going to do what the scripture tells me in the book of Matthew. And I'm just going to go to my brother and have a conversation. Um, and, and we, we see that in their, in their reaction. So however you respond to church hurt, how you respond, if you respond biblically, if you respond in a way that, you know, honors God's word, that tells us where you are spiritually. If you don't respond in that way, this is, this is more telling of where you are spiritually than the issue itself. The issue is not as important as to where you are spiritually. And I say this because the scripture is clear. Jesus says that in this world, you're going to have trial and tribulation. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer. If you can't get through a church hurt, oh, the world's going to hurt you real bad. Yeah, yeah. You're right. That's good <laughs> word, man. I mean, one of our primary callings is to be ministers of reconciliation. We're called to reconcile the world to the Lord. However, I think how we get anointed for that ministry, how that's strengthened and even informed is how we are reconciled to one another. When we can work it out with each other, it's, it's sort of the ingredients that we can introduce those that we're helping to reconcile to Jesus. Um, that's some of the material that we used into helping them with that. <laughs> It comes from a real place because we had to work it out, not just between us and God, but with us and each other. He's like, you know, how can you love the one that you don't see when you can't love the one that you do see? But I, I believe that's one of our primary callings. No matter what we do specifically in ministry, we're all called to be ministers of reconciliation. And I feel like that's kind of what you were talking about. Yeah, that is a spot on word. I, we, I preached that maybe three weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> And Sunday, the Lord said something to our house that was just ties into this conversation. I love I'm totally having a God moment right now mm-hmm. <laughs> in this conversation, because on Sunday at the end of our service, the Lord really spoke that to me and spoke it to our church. And that is this that ministry of reconciliation, that uh, our ability to be able to 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 fight against the enemy's desire to bring division in the house. Is really what separates, and this may be for pastors and church planners, 
Um, mm-hmm. That's what really determines whether or not the oil can flow in the house. Right. You know, if, mm-hmm. if the ministry of reconciliation is not present and not just present, but but in whole, then, man, it's going to be really hard for God to bring revival through the house. Because when revival comes, reconciliation is like big. It's huge. Um, yeah. And so yeah. think about how how many revivals are, are moments where God, where, you know, we're just experiencing the glory and the presence of God. And then all of a sudden we go through the, we, we hit this dry spell. I, I've just always noticed that the dry spell is always connected to a bunch of disunity right. and the enemy just comes right in and starts causing all this junk. And if we don't respond correctly, then, you know, we don't properly store those moments where, where, where the heavens are open. So um, I, you're spot on. The ministry of reconciliation is our prior. It is should be our priority, and it is a ministry given to every person in the body of Christ. That's great, man. So, so let let me talk to you about this. Based on well, any tips on how people can quickly recover from church hurts? What would you well, say not- to people? Like, no, <laughs> get them moving. Life hacks. Number, number one is you want to develop. You want to. St- Constantly be, be asking this in prayer, I believe, is, Lord, I want a heart that's almost unoffendable. And what I mean is not that you won't experience offenses, but it, uh, offenses don't take root in my heart. They don't live long. So when we say be quick to forgive, yes, be quick to forgive. In that, we're not mm-hmm. saying be careless in reconciliation. We're just saying be yeah, quick to forgive. Bitterness don't take root in your heart. That's number one. So um, the other part is just to be conscious of the fact that the church is full of people. <laughs> yeah. Now, and priests <laughs> and all those wonderful things, and they are true, but so is our humanity. We are people, and we are working out our salvation, and we have to give allowance for one another and our, our weaknesses and our struggles, and I think um, that is just an area that if you begin to see people as broken, as in need of a savior, and you see yourself in that light, it will help you when these offenses come. Uh, and then the last thing, Pastor Jamie, is just the constant reminder that the blessing comes in our unity. Psalms 133, you know, the, he's yeah. commanded the blessing upon the unity of the brethren. And I remind myself of that, even as a pastor, even when I feel like I have a right to be angry. I remind myself that if my anger gets rooted and becomes bitterness and it graduates to whatever else, you know, whatever other junk it wants to become, that I could keep the blessing from flowing because there's a lack of unity in the house. So just, you know, and I shared this earlier, I didn't share it in these three steps, but you got to have conversations. Um, You got to talk to people. You know, we've got social media. We got text messaging. As a matter of fact, don't text message somebody. <laughs> right. Oh my. Like, we, can we get back to just having face-to-face conversations where we just say, hey, I was hurt. Hey, you know, this didn't sit well with me. Can you help me understand? And then I think, you know, if we can get back to doing that, I believe that passage in Matthew says that if you go to your brother and you have a conversation and that, and that, that conversation is received well, you gain a friend, you gain a brother. Yeah. And I think that if we can just get back to just being biblical, we could gain brothers rather than gaining enemies. Uh, we, you know, we can work through this stuff. I, and I believe the reason why we can do it is not because 
you know, we're so powerful or so gifted or whatever the case may be. I really believe it's just the Holy Spirit that resides in us, man. We have this supernatural ability to bring reconciliation to each other. That's right. You know, I think about this world that we live in. And right now there's so many, so much angst that's happening in the society around us. And the church that should have the answer is still kind of working out that answer with each other that sometimes it feels like we can't be a voice out there where we should be the pattern. We should show how even in diversity and mishaps and all that stuff that happens, how we can work through those things. And so, yeah, man, I think there's a sense where uh, we really need to take our cue that what God is doing in bringing hurts up or bringing pain up is, is just setting us up for us to have the grace to have those conversations and setting us up for us to be able to work through things to help a world that's clueless about what we should have that advantage on. Yes. And so, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So I think this is a, a healthy conversation. Of course, there's a lot more that goes into this, but I think this was a, a great take on helping people understand what they can do with that hurt and how they can see what this all looks like and, and, narrow it down to really that personal one-on-one with those people, whether they have a title or not, um, those people that sometimes cause the hurt that happens at church and working through those things. So great talk, man. Now, how can people check out what you're doing uh, website, social media, what are, what are those things that uh, people can check out? Well, if you want to check out what we're doing at Journey Church, you can visit our website. It's yourjourneychurch.com. So yourjourneychurch.com, you can find out what's going on at the church. And that way, uh, we have an app that you can download. You can get some uh, information, uh, messages, things that are going on, again, at the church. And then personally, if you want to connect with me on social media, uh, my Twitter handle, Instagram handle, and my Facebook is Alex Rivera JC. So if you look me up that way, um, you can stay connected uh, with just the different things that God's putting on my heart. Uh, hopefully this summer we got some new uh, stuff coming out, new website, personal website, and also um, some new vlogging. I want to get into some video vlogging this year and just yeah. sharing my heart on some things that God has just, you know, just been talking to me about. Um, but yeah, if you want to connect, that'd be the way to find me on social media. Well, there it is, guys, man. Please check him out. Uh, Pastor Alex Rivera is a voice to this generation. So happy to be his friend. So glad you got to hear from him. And so, man, appreciate you once again. Thank you for being on this podcast with me. Thank you, Pastor Jamie. You are always a delight. Always encouraged talking to you, man. Awesome, man. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Wow. Wasn't that a great conversation? I hope you got some good takeaways from that. Come back again because we got some more cool Christian nerd topics to discuss. If you like this podcast, and want to see people you care about be a part of our cool Christian nerd tribe, remember to share this podcast with them. Till next time, this is Jamie Centeno reminding you it's smart to keep your cool. Peace.